Good morning. This morning I'm going to talk about something that I don't know that I ever heard a sermon on. Uh, but it, it occurred to me, we live in a, in a society and we, we are a people that are somewhat uh, different, <clears throat> somewhat uh, not of the upper crust. And <clears throat> the question that came to me is, who were the people that Jesus associated with? And we're going to look at, at various verses and, and passages of scripture about that. Who were the people that Jesus came to? Now, of course, Jesus came to the whole world. He came to die for everybody. But who were the people that Jesus associated with in his life here? Was it the upper crust? Was it the wealthy? Was it the powerful? Or was it not? Now, Jesus in Luke 5, 32, he was, well, this was the, the account of Levi. Remember, uh, Levi was a tax collector. He was a hated, hated member of Jewish society. He was seen as a traitor. But Jesus came and called Levi. And then Levi was, was given a, a party and, and invited Jesus and his disciples as well as a bunch of the other tax collectors. And Jesus was, was challenged about this by the Pharisees who saw this happen. And, and in verse uh, 32, he said, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. <clears throat> and I, I've always read that verse, and I thought that was sort of a, a, a something to say that made the, the, the Pharisees feel good, because he didn't come to the Pharisees, which implied that they were the righteous. But in fact, they were not necessarily the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So that was an implication, but not necessarily uh, what he was saying. Rather, he was saying that I'm calling sinners, whether they're Pharisees or not, I come to call sinners to repentance. And, and that's, that's the people who Jesus associated with. Now, in order to, for Jesus' message to be meaningful, I have to recognize that I'm a sinner. If, if Jesus came to sinners and not to the righteous... If I'm a righteous, righteous, Jesus didn't come to me, did he? As a matter of fact, if all people had been righteous, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. But people are not that way. People are not that way. I'm not, and you're not. And they weren't. But the, the Pharisees and the scribes thought they were. And so they were not they did not accept Jesus' message. It, seemed that Je it seems as we read these, these stories and so on, that Jesus came to and called people who were not particularly respected. They were not the, the upper crust of society. Remember when Jesus was born, the shepherds were the ones that the angels came to. 
Shepherds were, were um, not somebody that, that society held very high. But they were, they probably stank. They, you know, they were just not, not, again, not the upper crust. And yet, that's who the angels came to. And that's who came to worship Jesus. <clears throat> we don't know very much about, about the, the occupations of the disciples that Jesus called. And by the way, that's disciples business. Jesus called 12 disciples. But he called those 12 out of a multitude of other ones. So it's, when, we think of, when I think of the disciples, I think of the 12. But there were a bunch of others. Don't really know how many. Uh, but it was, it was a bunch of them that followed Jesus around. And I've often wondered about that and just how that, how that worked. But it seems that that was somewhat common in that day. John the Baptist, after all, had a bunch of disciples. He had a bunch of followers. Um, not sure exactly how all that worked and how that compares to today. I can't imagine a dozen people, let alone several hundred, uh, dropping what they're doing, whatever they're doing, and following somebody around the neighborhood. But it appears that that's what happened. And it, it appears that it was not all that uncommon. Anyway, uh, the, the ones that we know, we, uh, fishermen, we have a story of Levi who was a tax collector. We don't know very much about, I, I don't know that we have any indication what the rest of the, well, fishermen, Peter, James, John, and I think there was another one that were fishermen. Not sure about the rest of them. But anyway, they were not occupations that were held in high regard. Um, and in Jewish society of the time, basically the only thing that was really held in high regard was study of the law. That if you were, were a studier of the law, and that was your, that's what you did, you were up here. Sort of like, sort of like the preacher, you know. Uh, at least, that's our perception sometimes. Anyway, um, now another another interesting thing that I found out about Jewish society of the time: those people who were studiers of the law also had a, a secular occupation. So, it's sort of like like uh, oh, maybe years gone by, it was more common, but. In, in our circles, in the, in the 60s and 70s, it was very common for young ladies to become nurses. Maybe 50s and 60s, more common. Become nurses. They went to school, they became nurses, and they got married. And they weren't nurses anymore. But they, many of them kept their credentials. So they, were, they had both. Well, their real job was being a mother and, and, and a homemaker but their side job was to be a, a nurse. Well, in that day, these people who were teachers of the law, studiers of the law, had side jobs as well. To be, uh, maybe they were carpenters, maybe they were something, but they, they had to have that. Anyway, so these people that came to Jesus as disciples had jobs, and they dropped their jobs and followed Jesus. But sometimes they went back to them. 
Now, Jesus' followers, again, uh, let me back up. Education, which most of the people did not have in a very, very high level, um, though it was important in Jewish society of the time, those people who were higher educated, part of that education was argument, was a, a study of rhetoric, study of the, the ability to, maybe that's why they were called lawyers, I'm not sure, but, but the study of, of rhetoric, that they could make a case for whatever. And so when Paul went to Athens, to the Acropolis, you know, he was in his element because this was his training. Anyway, so that was part of, that was part of the scribes and Pharisees' business. Anyway, these folks who Jesus called were not that caliber, were not that level. They were rather the, the, the bottom of society. And that's who Jesus associated with. The upper crust of society were really Jesus' opponents. Now, this upper crust of society, again, were in, Jew in Jewish times, in Jewish culture, were the studiers of the law and so on, and they saw themselves as righteous. Because after all, they were followers, they were studiers of the law, and they followed him. And like, like Paul said of himself, he said, as, as, as pertains to the law, blameless. I'd done everything that I knew. And he, and he knew quite a lot. And to them, they, to these people, they themselves were the epitome of righteousness. And to Jesus... They were not. And when in, in Acts 4 tells the story of Peter and James who healed the, the crippled man, and Peter and John, I'm sorry, and then were arrested about that, and, and when they were called before the council and uh, they stated their peace, what was the response? In, in, in Acts 4.13, it says they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. These people who were uneducated, and it says that too, these people were uneducated, they didn't really know, they, they weren't, they weren't uh, disciples of rhetoric, they were not lawyers, but they made a good case for their position. And they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Why is this issue of who Jesus came to important? Why is it interesting? Jesus' appeal is universal. All of us need it. Um, and this concept of, of all needing salvation or all being on a level, a, a level of, of being lost was an issue that plagued the church for centuries. And actually, it plagues us still today. Um, can you imagine? Well, we'll get we'll get to this later. I guess maybe I should have I could have titled this this sermon about prejudice. 
Am I prejudiced? Am I prejudiced against people? Are you? Are there people who, uh, in your mind, are not acceptable to God? Or not acceptable to me personally? I hope not. It's something that yet that we, we do maybe more unconsciously than consciously. What is prejudice? The, the word is prejudge. That's where it comes from. So I'm judging, I'm judging somebody not on the evidence, but on something else. Prejudice. Was Jesus prejudiced? No, Jesus was not. Were the Jewish people prejudiced? Decidedly. Uh, particularly the, the scribes and Pharisees. Prejudiced among their own people, prejudiced among, to people who were not Jews. And again, if you study Jewish society of the time, uh, there was levels of hierarchy, and each of them looked down on anybody below them in a big way. And so it, it, there was very much prejudice was a big part of, of their society. That the, and that's interesting. But what is it today? Are there levels of respect and so on in our society today and in your life? For myself, I find that many times uh, people who, with whom I'm not familiar are scary. And scary is not quite the same as prejudice. But yet... It's, it's close, it can be closely associated because since there's somebody who, with whom I'm not familiar and I'm scared of them in some fashion, uh, I, I may avoid them. I may avoid association. I may avoid them allowing to, them too close to me or getting too close to them. Jesus didn't do that, did he? But rather, he went to everybody, went to people that, that were not familiar to him. Let's turn to, to John 4. John 4 is the story of Jesus and his disciples going through Samaria. Now, I'm gonna, it, it's really the whole chapter, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter. And I'm going to tell the story. Jesus and his disciples were going from, from the south to the north. And gone from Jerusalem up into Galilee. Which is, uh, I, I want to say it's something like 70 or 80 miles. And in those days they didn't hop, into the, hop in their car and drive 70 or 80 miles. Rather they walked. But Samaria was in between Jerusalem and Galilee in a straight line. So most of the time, people went east to the Jordan Valley and went up the Jordan Valley to Galilee from Jerusalem. It was, you know, sort of, so they went around Samaria. Why did they go around Samaria? Because Samaritans were not respected people. Samaritans were folks who 
centuries before, had become, quote, unclean. They were not pure Jews. And so pure Jews looked on them as, as heretics. And so they didn't want to associate with them. So they went around them. But interestingly, it doesn't really comment about this very much. And if you don't know that, that and you read this, you think, well, they, so they went from Jerusalem to, to Galilee. Big deal. And they went through Samaria. But to these people, it was a big deal. And I, I can't imagine, or maybe I can't imagine. It would be interesting to know what the discussion was between Jesus and his disciples when he said, hey, we're going up to Galilee. Let's go this way. But they did. They went up through Samaria and stopped at, at, at Sychar, and, and the disciples went into town to buy something to eat, and Jesus stopped at the well, at Jacob's well there. And this lady comes to draw water from the well. And Jesus said, hey, hey, how about it? Could you get me a drink? She said, what? You're a Jew. First of all, what are you doing here? You're a Jew. Secondly, why are you talking to me? I'm a woman in the first place, and men don't talk to women. Uh, but secondly, uh, I guess a thirdly, uh, you don't have anything to draw with. Uh, why are you asking me for something? And uh, then Jesus said, um, maybe I should, should read some of it. Jesus said, uh, every, uh, in verse 13, answered and said unto her, whatsoever, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And this conversation went on. And you know the story. And she, this woman went back to her people and said, Here's this, come out and see this guy that, that, that's telling me everything I ever did. Maybe he's the Messiah. Would the Messiah be anything better than this or, or superior to this? And... About that, about that time, or just before that, actually, the disciples come back and they say, it doesn't say that anybody asked Jesus, why, what are you doing? You don't talk to these people. Uh, but it, it, I, I'm sure this was a, a, a real adjustment in the disciples' minds. Uh, a real, a real adjustment. So Jesus talked to her. Jesus told her these things. And she went back to her people. And they came back. The end of that chapter. Um, the end of the chapter, it says that, that they, that the folks from, from that area entreated Jesus and his, Jesus, his disciples, to stay there for a little while. And he stayed there for several days and talked to them, and many of them accepted Jesus. The story ends there. We don't know 
we don't know anything about how that affected their lives in, in later years. At least we don't have this, this in the story. But we have to assume that it did. But as far as my topic this morning, this was Jesus was talking to this woman and further to the, to the rest of the folks there. People that the Jews did not associate with. That Jews were heavily prejudiced against. Now, is there somebody, and particularly some group of somebodies, that I am heavily prejudiced against? I don't know of anybody, as I think about it, but there may be, I suspect that these Jews, that Jesus' disciples, didn't think about it that they were prejudiced against the Samaritans. It was just an ordinary fact of life that they never thought about because they never had the opportunity, if that's the word I want, to be associated with them because they were avoided. Is there somebody like that in my life? Somebody that I, many of the, the faults of our own lives are faults that we don't even know we have. And I, I've said this about marriage. Yesterday, Doris and I were at a wedding. Nephew got married. And uh, I, I think about it repeatedly in relation to marriage. Many of the problems of marriage come up that you never knew. You have assumptions that you never knew you had. And you never even thought about them because you didn't know you had them. Uh, a classic would be child raising. So child raising is not a big issue until you have children. And, and then you discover that maybe your wife has different ideas about this issue that you never discussed because it never came up. Is that sort of the same thing here with this prejudice? Are, are there, is there somebody, some group of people maybe, that, I, that, that this never came up? But I am prejudiced against them. But I'm not faced with it now. There may be. And it may be somewhat different for each of us. But back to the original point here. Jesus came to people like that. Jesus came to people who general society was somewhat, somewhat prejudiced against. And that, that's, that's not, not something that we can, we can allow in our own minds. Jesus seems to have made special efforts to reach and befriend those that society did not. Examples of those. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, as far as we know, was a prostitute. Was somebody, again, whose society did not admire uh, I already talked about Levi. How about Zacharias, who was another, another uh, tax collector? And these were people that society rejected. But Jesus didn't. 
Uh, can we do anything different than that? There's a story uh, of a of a uh, maybe some of you heard this story before, but it, uh, there was a church service one Sunday morning. Church was packed, and this young man came in tattered, tattooed. Uh, this was back in the hippies' days, so you know he was not not all again all that attractive. But he came up came up the aisle looking for a seat, and there weren't any. The, the, the church was, was full, and he came sort of uncertainly up the aisle and uh, didn't find a seat, came up to the front and sat down on the floor. And uh, that everybody was just sort of uncomfortable because, again, he was different. About that time, I looked around, and here comes an old deacon, dressed to the nines, hobbling on his cane, and he hobbled up the aisle and came down and sat down beside him on the floor. And uh, the preacher standing here watching this all happen, and he said, what I have to say this morning, not a one of you will remember. But what you saw, you won't forget. And may I be that? Now, I happen to be the deacon, and I happen to be older than some of you. <laughs> and so maybe it's more appropriate, more applicable to me. To me. But... Uh, May I be that kind of person that uh, doesn't reject, doesn't, isn't prejudiced against people. I'm not somebody who, my personality is not such that uh, I'm afraid of people in, in a lot of times. And, and this is a difficult thing to... For me in particular, and maybe, maybe more of you are like me. But um, that's, really, that's really what we need to be. I don't know about your personal prejudices, your, your personal, you know, it's probably different for each of us. Because of our experiences, because of our background, who knows what. But prejudice, it's very evident that the people that Jesus came to were not the people that were admired, were not the people that, that society held very high. They were not the wealthy. They were not those who lived in palaces. Some of them came to Jesus at some point. Uh, Nicodemus comes to mind. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea comes to mind. They they were of that of that level, but but that's not most of them that, that came. And as uh, as I live my life, um, I intend to try to change this prejudice that I may have. 
And, and even when I'm uncomfortable, really, it doesn't excuse me. And it doesn't excuse you. The uncomfortableness of, of well, people that, that I'm not familiar with and situations I'm not familiar with. I like the familiar. <laughs> and, and yet, this is not what I'm called to. And, and may you do likewise. Let's stand for prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this lesson here about prejudice. Help us to recognize that you are not prejudiced, that we are all alike, and that we all come to you at the same level. Lord, be with our lives as we consider this, as we understand that Jesus died for each of us, no matter who and what. Lord, may we see ourselves properly. May I see, or we see our community properly. May we go farther and see our world properly as people who, who Jesus came to save. Be with us as we try to live our lives that way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.